from the battle And I've lost another round Satan whispers to my troubled mind Just lay your armor down There are those you've loved and trusted Look around you, they're all gone Would be easy to surrender when you're standing all alone Then I bowed my head in sadness As I pondered what to do I've been in God's army for so long and I've been a soldier true Hear a voice from heaven saying, Pilgrim, it is I. Lift your head and take new courage and turn your eyes toward the sky. And I see a great band of angels camped all around me. And I see the captain rising up. The challenge to me And I know I'm safe from harm When I'm touching Jesus The battle is His The victory is mine And victory is sweet And I see a great band of angels Camped all around me And I see the captain rising up the challenge to me and I know I'm safe from harm when I'm touching Jesus the battle is his the victory is mine and victory is sweet hey friends this is Pastor Will right here at Shades of Grace United Methodist Congregation in downtown Kingsport, Tennessee, right here on East Sullivan Street. And I'm inviting you to join us all through the month of October as we celebrate the beginning of eight years of ministry right here in this location. It was in October of 2014 that we began in this building and we now enter into our eighth year of ministry. And so we'd like to invite you to join us on Facebook Live on the 17th day of October. At Jimmy's, it going to be 8 o'clock? 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock, and is that on a Saturday? Sunday. Sunday, okay. Sunday evening, October 17th at 8 o'clock. Join us on our Facebook page for a very special anniversary worship time with Shades of Grace with lots of pictures, lots of memories, and interviews with some of your favorite friends. So we look forward to this. Thank you, friends. Okay, friends, it is time now for us to join together in prayer. And prayer is sincere communication to the Lord, whether it's in your thoughts or in your mind or even speaking it. But you can pray 
without ever saying a word. And sometimes you may not know how to pray. And in those moments, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will make intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. But we come together to the best of our ability to let our needs be known before the Lord. For God is a great God and greatly to be praised. And Jesus said, where two or three or more people gather together, God is among us. And where God is, everything is possible. So whatever your needs are this afternoon, I invite you to begin typing them into the timeline of today's worship service. Keep in mind, as I tell you often, many people from about 60 different countries will be able to read your request in their own language. They'll be able to pray with you and for you. If you wish to keep your prayer need anonymous, please simply put unspoken request. And God already understands. So begin sharing those requests on the timeline as I make some needs known. We would first of all like to remember the Two Dads Cafe family next door to us. Jerry Slagle passed away. His service was on Thursday at Mountain Home uh, National Cemetery. So please remember them in your prayers. Bill Britt, one of our early members at Shades of Grace, when we began here seven years ago, went home to be with the Lord night before last. And I ask you to please remember Bill's family. He spent many, many hours, many, many services here with us up until a few years ago. Also, we want to remember Judy Krieger, all of you, not all of you, but many of you who have been a part of Shades of Grace from its early days will remember Judy. And she recently received some diagnosis of leukemia and she is being treated at Vanderbilt and in Kingsport. But there are several trips involved. So please pray for Judy. She covets your prayers. Johnny Ray Holston uh, requested prayer for him a couple of weeks ago. He contact, contracted COVID, and while he was in the hospital, somehow he fell and received a, a bleeding on the brain and has been in the hospital since. So please continue to pray for Johnny Ray. I believe he just has been moved to a rehab facility uh, just close here. Okay, let us remember all the frontliners who have been faithfully dealing with this pandemic now. Uh, funeral directors, EMTs, doctors, nurses, um, all the people who have to deal with this and still live and make a living. Pray for the uh, patients who are suffering in the hospitals and at home. I've tried to give you an update on recent times that we gather of, of how it's progressing here in our area of the Tri-Cities. And this past week, I received the data yesterday from Uzoma, and the data for this past week is 73 deaths in the ballad system. And our positivity rate as of yesterday was still 18.2%. Folks, that's way too high. We were all the way down to five a number of months ago. And when it's five or below, Miss D, correct me, Miss D works in the hospital system. 
Uh, if it's down to five, it's manageable, but we are way above that. And our vaccination rate is still under 50% here in this immediate area. So I cannot emphasize to you enough that approximately 100% of all the cases now of those who are in critical condition or passing away are those persons who have not yet received the gift of the vaccination. So please think about it, pray about it. We um, vaccinated folk last week. We have another clinic coming up Wednesday of this week right here at Shades of Grace. And so we ask you to please tell others to protect themselves and to protect our world and help us somehow get to uh, a solution with this illness. As John told us last week, the best friend of his Aunt Jenny had passed away with COVID. So we need to remember all those who have lost loved ones in these days and past months. I would like for you to pray for our Nigerian ministry, Shades of Grace International. Things are moving forward. We are blessed. Uh, God is doing amazing things in Nigeria. And we are having an open air crusade on December 3rd, 4th, 5th, and 6th in the country of Nigeria, expecting no less than three to 5,000 people in that open air crusade. I have been asked to preach the very first sermon of that, but it will be done from right here at this location. We will not be able to travel there, but by means of social media, by means of the internet, we will be able to be there. And our band and Landon will be sharing music for that. I'll be bringing the first message of the evangelistic crusade in Nigeria. We are ordering 5,000 copies of the Gospel of John to give out to all the people who participate. And that's a wonderful ministry. It's a great investment so that you know what God is doing in all of our lives and in the lives of those people around the world through a storefront ministry called Shades of Grace. So remember all of our sisters and brothers in Nigeria and those who need to know the peace of Christ. Also, um, this coming Tuesday night, uh, we will be having an evening of fellowship outside in the parking lot at Community Methodist Church. That's one half mile from where we are gathered right now at Community Church. I know uh, when we were doing a vaccine clinic there on Tuesday, uh, Tracy came by and took a little tour of the church and uh, a few other folks came by. And so uh, this will all be an outdoor event, socially distanced, fresh air. We have asked Nikki, our friend next door, you know, Nikki who worships with us, who has knickknack hot dog cart. Uh, she's gonna be hosting us with hot dogs, chips, drinks for everybody who comes and Landon and Oscar will be doing an open air concert in the parking lot. So this will be from 5.30 until 7.30 on Tuesday evening outside and it's gonna be a beautiful day for that. So please keep that in your prayers. And finally, in 13 more days uh, on the Saturday, the October 30th, we will be having our annual community burial of those folks who have passed away throughout the year who are unclaimed and uh, many of them, no one came forward 
to even say they knew them. And we work on that all year long. Last year, we buried 22 persons at Emmanuel Lutheran Cemetery at this time. This year, we have approximately 30 who will be buried. And we ask you to please be in prayer for that. And we usually meet right out front if uh, things work out. I know there's a lot of construction and other things going on. But we always go to Emmanuel Lutheran Cemetery. Pastor Mary Louise will be leading that service, and I will be participating in that as well. And that's a ministry that we do, and we help to pay for cremations and tombstones for those. It's a partnership. So thank you for praying about that. Now, I hope you've had time to enter in your requests now as we prepare our hearts for prayer. We have a few folks gathered here today. I think I counted earlier about 16 or 17 people in the building. And if any of you have a special need that hasn't been mentioned, just lift up your hands so I can know that. I see one, two, a couple of hands. And we need to always remember Miss D and pray for her family. And pray for Pastor Michelle, who leads our journey through grief. She is recovering very well and will be back with us really, really soon. Uh, she underwent some medical procedures a couple of weeks ago, and we thank God for a good report concerning that. Okay, I think we're ready to pray, and so Landon will lead us in this time of meditation and prayer. If you feel that life is hopeless and the night has no end, there's hope for your hurting heart. For he'll be there with you no matter what you're going through. God still answers prayers. God still answers prayers. In his time, he'll lost the battle went to the Lord you humbly bow God still answers prayers and let the church gathered here and wherever you are online give a loud amen all right it sounds good to hear the amens ringing out in Shades of Grace. One more time, really loud, amen. amen. All right, thank you.
there's a golden street to walk upon the bell I'm gonna ring brand new angel in the choir I wanna hear her sing there'll be a lot of friends awaiting when I walk through the gates I've got more to go to heaven for than I had yesterday I've got more to go Okay, friends, we're going to invite you now, wherever you are viewing this telecast, this broadcast, this worship service, to join me in singing the doxology. We have so many, many things to thank God for that uh, the, the psalmist said, daily the Lord loads our lives with benefits. And so right now, as you think about all those blessings, those benefits of serving the Lord, sing the doxology with me and let it ring out wherever you are today. Praise God from whom all blessings Pastor. God bless y'all. Okay, friends, it is time now for our message for this week. And if you remember, the last few weeks I've been talking about time. And uh, I talked about life and the meaning of life and how we could have abundance of life in Christ. And last week, we talked about the value of a day, what one day might bring forth. So we've been talking a little bit about time. And so I want to stay in that theme just a little bit today and talk about how we spend our days and our time waiting. And let me ask you a question. How many of you hate to wait? Anybody have difficulty waiting 
uh, I find waiting difficult. Uh, the Bible says impatience possess your soul, but pa patience involves waiting. But I'm a kind of person, if, if I get a thought and something I want to do or a song that I need, I'll call Lennon and say, Lennon, I need this yesterday, <laughs> almost, not quite. But uh, when I get something on my mind, you know, I don't like to wait. I don't like to procrastinate. I just like to get it done. Are you like that? And so I, I often work better under pressure and on a spur of the moment than I do planning things long term. And I've learned that here at Shades of Grace, that's just about what it takes to be able to function and to follow the Holy Spirit. But waiting is not always easy. But I wanted to talk about that and give you some biblical illustrations today of waiting and what it involved and then talk about how that will involve each one of us. In the Gospel of John, we read about a man who was at a pool called Bethesda. It was called the Sheep Pool. It was by the Sheep Gate in Jerusalem. And the Bible said there were five porticos or five porches surrounding that pool. And it was said that at a certain time of the season, an angel would come and trouble the waters and stir the waters. And around these five porches, there sat and laid a great multitude of sick folk. Some were blind, some were crippled, some had leprosy. There were all kinds of problems going on in the people's lives. And they were all there for one reason, and that is to be able to see the moving of the water and hopefully get into the troubled water because the legend says and the tradition is that whoever stepped first into the water was the person who was healed on that day. And so Jesus entered through the sheep gate as he often did. That's where all the people entered into the city of Jerusalem with their sacrifices as they would come on special holidays and festival days to bring a sheep or a goat or some kind of animal as a sacrifice. And they could also purchase sacrifices that were acceptable uh, for the priest in those cases. If they did not want to, to walk a long distance and bring their own, they could purchase it. So this was a place of activity and it's, it's a place of cleansing. It's a place where the animals were cleansed and sanctified and, and washed before they were presented to the altar. And so on this particular day, Jesus came in. He saw all these people gathered around this pool and he saw them and he saw one particular man who was lying there that got his attention. Now Jesus often came to the city and he came for all the festivals and it's possible that Jesus remembered this man from other trips. Maybe, maybe he recognized this same man has been lying here every time I've come here. I'm gonna find out a little bit more about his story, okay? And so Jesus went over, he engaged conversation with this man who was lying there and he found out that the man had been lying there well, he hadn't been lying in that spot, 
but he had been crippled for 38 years. And for many years, he had come season after season, season, hoping to be able to get into the waters so that he could be healed, so that life could change. And Jesus looked at him and he said, sir, do you really want to be made whole? Do you want what God can give to you? And the man probably was so conditioned to being defeated and in despair that he automatically gave the same answer that he always gave, nobody will help me. He said, I have no one. I can't do it myself and I don't have anybody else that will help me. And we meet folks like this all the time on the streets and people who come in for prayer and into this ministry. We find people all the time who find themselves lonely. You know, this morning as I came in here earlier to open the doors and get ready for this service, it was raining, as you know, the cold rain is moving in and the frost is coming and the tempers are changing. And a young man came walking down the street. As soon as I opened the door, I know him by name. I've known him seven years since we began this ministry. He was actually the first person who was ever baptized in Shades of Grace. He attended worship for some time and he is in and out, but he said, I just got out of jail again yesterday. He was soaking wet, his shoes were soaked, and he said, Pastor Will, I don't want to be a burden, but can you help me? And my first instinct is we're closed today. We are recording and we need a break. But the compassionate part of me called him by name and said, okay, just give me a minute. I'll go to the clothing closet. And I found everything that he needed, including shoes and everything that he needed to be warm and also a warm winter coat. You see, he's been on these streets for the seven years that I've been working these streets. He's in and out, he's up and down, but he may be like this guy that I'm thinking about in the Gospel of John, who'd been in that place for so many years. But how many of you know that it doesn't matter how long you've been in a situation, there's always hope that God can turn it around for you. And Jesus asked this man in the Gospel of John, lying at the pool, do you really want help? How, how badly do you want help? You know, we deal a lot here at Shades of Grace. And by the way, this begins, uh, today begins our eighth year of ministry in this building. This is anniversary month. And we've met literally hundreds of people who are addicts, who are mentally challenged, who are down and out on their luck, who are homeless, who have all kinds of situations. And I've also met a whole lot of parents and grandmothers who've shed a whole lot of tears in that office right over there. And uh, you know, if grandmothers and parents could solve the problems, there wouldn't be very many wayward children on the streets, or if children could solve the problems of their parents. There are many parents who are on the streets who are like this man that I'm reading about and telling you about today. But uh, we always say, how much do you really want what God has for you? And that's what Jesus was asking this man. Do you really want it? How badly do you want it? And so the rest of that story is Jesus touched the man, he healed the man, 
and, and he went his way and the people began noticing that this is the, a different man than the man we knew before. He met Jesus and something changed in his life. And I think a lot of people fear that change that might come if you get too religious or if you get too much involved in Jesus, maybe you feel like you'll become too much like Jesus. But some of you have been hurt by church, by traditional religion. And there's, uh, church is so different than religion. Christianity is not the same as religion, although Christianity is a major world religion. But Christianity will not beat you up. Christianity will not destroy you. Christianity will not persecute you or discriminate against you or hate you for who you are. Religion will, but Christianity is the love of Jesus Christ. And Jesus understands. He already knows what's in our mind and in our hearts. And he knows what we need and how much we want it. So waiting is difficult. Can you think of that man Every time he came to that pool for 38 years of his life, we don't know how many times he came to the pool, but someone had to carry him. Someone had, he had to depend upon someone to get him there. And then someone to get him back home again, only to be waiting for another opportunity. I don't know really who needs this message today or what you're getting out of it, but I know I'm speaking to people somewhere today who feel like that you've waited and you've waited and somehow things just haven't changed in your life and things haven't turned out the way that they want to. The Bible says, do not grow weary in well-doing. Can the church say amen? Say it again. Give us an amen roll there, Landon, please. Do not get tired of doing good. That's, ooh, I'm getting excited up here. That, that's another translation of that verse. Do not get tired of doing the right thing because when you do the right thing, it's always right and God will honor it and God will bless it. Just be patient. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength and they shall mount upon wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary, and they shall walk and not faint. They that wait upon the Lord. What a wonderful story, waiting on God. I'm asking you today, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for in your life? What are you hoping that God can do for you? Don't give up. Victory is just around the bend. You know, there's an old song I used to hear. It says, uh, over the next hill, I'll be home. But victory is ours. As the apostle Paul said, whether we live or whether we die, victory is ours in Jesus Christ because God's love lifts us up out of that horrible pit and sets our feet upon a solid rock, establishes our ways, puts a new song in our heart and sends us on our way with the joy of the Lord that is our strength. I want to take you back to the Old Testament for a moment, to 2 Kings chapter 6. It's a story that I hadn't thought much about until yesterday as I was meditating and praying. We've had some really, really busy days here at Shades of Grace with funerals 
and all kinds of issues going on. And I, I had little time to really sit down and try to put a sermon together this week. And finally, last night I said, Lord, if I do it, you're gonna have to do it. And he's given it to me. And he gave me this scripture from 2 Kings where we read the story of four men who were lepers. And you know what leprosy is or was? It's a disease that has not been completely eradicated. Uh, for the most part it is, but there are still leper colonies in our world and even in the United States. Did you know that? Did you know they still have places for lepers to be in, um, what do you call it? Um, isolation, I guess is the word I'm trying to say. But these four men, if you remember all reading in the Old Testament, when people were lepers, they had, it was a contagious disease. And the Bible says if they got near anybody, they had to cover their lip. Look at your neighbor today in here. What are we all doing when we do this? Right? That was the equivalent in their day. They were wearing a mask. This is nothing new. This is not anything unheard of, right? I mean, this goes way back into the Old Testament. They had to cover their lip and cry out, unclean, unclean. And anybody who heard that sound knew, stay away, keep your distance, socially distance, okay? So these four men were sitting outside the city in their own little commune and they began talking to each other. And they said, it's not that far over the hill to the city, but they said, if we go into the city, we will die of starvation because there's no food. If you read that whole chapter, it tells us that they were literally, some of them were eating each other's babies to stay alive. They had become cannibals. That's how severe things were in that day. And some of us think we have it hard. Okay, that's all I'll say about that. So they said, we're gonna starve to death, but if we give ourselves up to the enemy, they're gonna run the sword through us and kill us. So either way, we're gonna die. You know, we, we face a pretty certain death and it could be a pretty agonizing death. So they simply said, what have we got to lose? Why do we sit here until we die? You know, let's at least make an effort. Let's try to change the course. They got up and they didn't realize that the Lord God already had heard their prayers, had intervened and created a loud noise. You'll have to read all of this. And the people began running, the enemy scattered and these four men were able to take the plunder of the whole camp. They were to take all the riches, all the food, all the clothing, everything that had been stockpiled by their enemy was given over to these four men simply because they made up their mind they're not gonna wait any longer. They're not gonna sit here and die. Why wait here until we die? Waiting is tough. Can you imagine how tough waiting would have been for them? But I'll tell you, if you wait on the Lord long enough and you stand up and you get up, God is going to rise up within you 
and God will help you and give you the victory that you need. Victory today is mine in the Lord. So they said, why are we going to wait any longer? I want to ask you again, friend, you that are watching, you, who, uh, you, whoever you are watching this today. It's been too long since I've been in grammar class. What are you waiting for? Why do you tarry? And let me ask you this. Why do you worry? Did you know that worry often accompanies waiting? Did you know that? You get things, you wait and nothing happens and all of a sudden you start worrying about it and your mind becomes preoccupied. And I've talked a lot about this in the last few weeks, that 90% of all that we worry about does not ever happen. And I found this little thing um, that was written by Corey Ten Boom. Do you remember Corey Ten Boom's story? Um, it's a wonderful story. She, uh, uh, I think it's her autobiography, her story, The Hiding Place. You remember that. It'd, it'd do you good to read it or even find the movie. But this is what she said. When you worry, you carry tomorrow's load with today's strength. Think about that. That's profound. When Jesus said you only take one day at a time, carrying two days at once, it is moving into tomorrow ahead of time. Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. I want you to get that. Worry does not empty uh, tomorrow of the sorrows that will come, but it will empty your life of the strength and joy that you could have today. This is the day of salvation. Today is the day. What are you waiting for, friends? Why do you wait? I was trying to think of one or two other cases before I close today. I thought about the prodigal son. I talked about him last week, if you remember, how he came to himself when he was down in the pig pen in a far country, thinking about home. But while he was thinking about home, there was somebody back at the house, the father. And the Bible says that the father, every day of his life, was still watching for the wavered boy to come back home. Isn't that in the heart of a parent? They, I, I've always heard it said, you know, once your child, you're always somebody's child until your parent dies. I mean, they're still, sometimes they still look at you as, as that little baby, right? And uh, I think about my folks, you know, my parents being gone a long, long time, but if they were still alive, <clears throat> I would still probably be just little Bill to them. By the way, the reason I got that nickname, um, I weighed two pounds when I was born. I had two uncles, both whose names were William or Billy, and I became Little Bill. And when I hear that name, or if somebody calls me or texts me and they address me in that way, I know that it's only just a very few people from way back that still calls me that, people that are connected and related to me. But the, the father of the boy was back home watching day by day. I'm sure he was praying, thinking, Lord, get a hold of my child. 
You ever prayed that prayer for your child? Anybody that is a parent here today or if you're watching that today, have you ever prayed that prayer for your family? But again, I remind you, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And God does hear our prayer. Landon sang that. God still answers prayer. God still answers prayer. Give me one little roll of that. God still Sing it with Landon. How many of you believe that today? God still answers prayers. I'm living proof of it. You are living proof of it. Never give up. Why are you waiting? What do you wait for? One day the father of the prodigal son looked down that dusty road and he saw a familiar form. You know, some people you know just by the way they walk or the way they swing their arms or whatever, you know, you. It says while he was a long way off, the father recognized him and he said, that's my boy. Now he didn't look quite the same. He may have had a limp in one foot. He was dirty, his clothes were ragged and he smelled like the pig pen. Anybody ever been around a pig pen? When I lived in South Florida, for a number of years I lived in Northern Dade County, just the first exit from uh, into Dade County from Broward County. It was undeveloped by and large a lot of acreage, you know, which is now uh, thousands upon thousands of houses and businesses as far as the eye can see. But it used to be when the wind came just right. I lived off Ives Dairy Road right there on I-95 as you enter into Miami-Dade County. And boy, there was a pig pen, must have been a hundred acres or so. They, it was a commercial hog farm. And when the wind came just right, you didn't want any bacon for a day or two, let me tell you. And all of a sudden that ham just didn't quite appeal to you. Nothing quite like a pig pen, right? And here was the father of the prodigal son in the story, no doubt a, a good and honorable Jewish man. And one of the things they honored was the dietary law and would not eat the pigs or the pork. And he thought, boy, my son has really been in it now. He's, he's really stepped in it this time. You ever, you ever been in life where you just felt like you really stepped into it this time and you don't know if you can ever get out again? That's what that miry pit was about that I mentioned earlier when the Bible says, my soul waited upon the Lord and he lifted me out of that miry pit, that horrible pit and set me upon solid rock. And the Bible says, while the boy was a great distance away, the father recognized him somehow and ran and he fell upon him, dirty, stinky, nasty, smelling like pigs. 
he fell upon his neck and he kissed him and he hugged him and he didn't want to let him go. For this is my son who once was lost, now is come home. The boy got tired of waiting. The father kept waiting, he was persistent. God brought the answer. Now, as I begin to wind this up, I wanna talk to you about someone else who is waiting. I wanna read from the book of the Revelation, chapter three and verse 20. These are the words of our Lord Jesus, speaking to the church, to you, to me, to your loved ones, to whoever you are, hearing these words today. Behold, everybody say behold. I stand at the door and I knock. If anybody hears my voice and opens up the door, I will come in to him. And I won't just come in and stand at the doorway and look at you, but I'm gonna make myself at home with you. He says, I'm gonna sup with him and he with me. That means gonna have a meal together. Sit down and break bread. You know, Jesus is often revealed to the people of God through the breaking of the bread, through Holy Communion, which we have missed so very much um, frequently during the time of the pandemic. But Jesus stands at that door, patiently waiting, knocking upon the door. And you may be listening to my message today and maybe you've somehow allowed the busyness of life to drown out the sound of the knock upon the door. If you'll listen carefully, dear friend, if you're struggling, if you're in the position of the prodigal son or the man who was lying by the pool or the lepers who were gonna sit there and surely die, what are you waiting for today? Jesus is knocking upon your heart's door. We call it provenient grace. God always goes before us and God loves you. And God simply wants to enter into your journey. And you might say, I'm like the prodigal son. I've wasted a whole lot of my good life. Who hasn't? Who among us doesn't have lost opportunities? Amen? Who of us doesn't have regrets of wasted time? We all do. The Bible says, redeem the time for the days are evil in which we live. So I ask you today, if you're waiting, if you're struggling, if you're wondering, if you're feeling so down and low and you think that the sun's never gonna shine again, I wanna assure you upon the authority of the promise of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Come unto me, every one of you that is tired and worn out with life and weary and feel like giving up and feel like throwing in the towel. Come unto me and I will give you the rest, not only physical rest for the body, but rest in your mind and in your soul and in your heart. 
that you can know if you lay down today, whether it's in a bed of comfort or under a bridge. You know, I received a text earlier today from a lady in Johnson City who reached out to me about how can she deal with a young man that she found sleeping under a bridge in the rain with a bad infection in his leg. I get calls like that text all through the day and sometimes through the night because sometimes folks just don't know what to do. And it kind of shocks them into reality sometimes to realize that there are people in these kinds of needs around us. And so as people of God, as the church, as Christians, as those who love Jesus Christ and seek to follow him, I ask you, what are you waiting on? Go out into the highways and the hedges. Love the people. Be where the people are. Get involved in their story. Listen to what they have to say. Offer a prayer for them. Give them some food. Jesus will honor that. What are you waiting for, friends? The wait is up to you. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, Thank you so much for this another time to stand in this place and to lift up your gospel. Hope for a world that is hurting. Lord, touch every soul, touch every life, and help us to always be reminded that not one of us will ever look into the eyes of another human being that is not loved by you. For God, you are love. Have mercy upon us now. Help us to hear your voice. Help us to get up and act, whether we're in need or whether we just need to get out there and help someone in need. Lord Jesus, we need you today more than we ever have before, and we ask you to lead us and guide us this day and all the days of our life. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, would everybody here today and wherever you are say a great big hearty, Amen. See you next time, dear friends.